This is class three, CD one of four. This is class three, yes? Ask. That would be on page 43 of the new manual, yeah? All right. That says the three easiest, simplest ways to make money trading the stock market are one, trade stocks that move. Now, you know, I, I, I did the, 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 the roller coaster thing to get the point across, okay? But you still, you, you don't have to trade the most volatile stuff that's out there, but the more volatile you can accept and stomach, that's where money is made. And usually students, they practice the most volatile stuff. They get pumped up and excited about that. Wow, look how much money I made on this practice trade. This is so good. And then the day it's time to put real money on the line, they, they, they trade Hormel Foods. You want to trade what you practice, okay? So you want to practice as much as you can stomach. You, know, you may grow through that a little bit through the year, but you shouldn't expect to diminish that going backwards in trading something more conservative when you start trading real money. You don't have to start trading something more volatile when you start trading real money. But you need to work your way to use as much volatility as possible while you're practicing and then accept that volatility as you actually start trading with real money. The volatility, that movement makes you money. Okay? So, Learn to accept as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Two, trade stocks that have upcoming known events. This course is designed around stock splits and earnings. We're going to talk about stock splits tonight, but there are other events as well. We're going to go through a list of those. We're going to trade in front of known events or immediately following known events. We're, by, by the fact that we're using stocks that move, and then trading in front of or just after a known event, that event becomes a catalyst uh, that exaggerates movement. So having it in front of us or just behind it, 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 it makes it easier to make money with. So we want to have, we always want to have something that we're trading toward or something that we're immediately trading after. When I say toward, we're talking about um, you know, typically four to six weeks in front of or four to six weeks after. We're trying to get that, that catalyst to work for us, okay? Three, trade in the direction of the general market. It amazes me how many students go, oh yeah, the whole market's going down, but I want to make some money going up. Or vice versa, you know? It's a whole lot easier to make money when you're doing what the whole market is doing than trying to fight what the market is doing, okay? Now, next page, and we'll talk some more about all these. Page 44. Items that cause stock price movement. Earnings, stock splits, again, we're going to talk about those. Earnings is my favorite. Stock splits is my second favorite. Uh, stock splits was originally my favorite. I'll talk some more about that tonight. Economic news can affect the market, okay? Market news. Market news is, is news that is going to be longer lasting, okay? Uh, an example there, uh, the war in Iraq, okay? was market-affecting news. It was a longer-lasting thing. It was going to last for, for weeks to months, not hours to days. 
okay? Mergers and acquisitions, that can affect the market. Typically, you see a, a, a bias toward the upside as far as the general market goes when you start to see a lot of mergers and acquisitions taking place, okay? People are consolidating, getting together just before the market's going to get better. And so you start to see a pickup in the number of mergers and acquisitions. That should give you an idea that there's likely to be an upside lift to the market, okay? Six upgrades and downgrades. Folks, there are upgrades and downgrades every day, okay? Stock market. You have to learn over time. It is not just that a stock was upgraded or downgraded. It's that who did it, okay? And there are some folks on Wall Street, they could be buck naked on fire on the stock exchange floor, broadcast live on CNBC, and nobody would even notice. So when they say a stock has been upgraded or downgraded, nothing happens. There are other folks, they could just casually mention that they're going to think about upgrading or downgrading a stock, and it will fly or fall just because they casually mention it. It takes time for you to figure out who those people are, who those um, companies are that have more clout on one stock than another. And they may have tremendous clout on a stock and zero on another. And it takes a little bit of time for you to realize that this person saying great things about this stock don't mean anything. And that same person saying great things about another is the most important thing in the world that's happened to that stock in the last 24 months. It takes some time to do that, okay? Don't just look, oh, it was upgraded or downgraded and think that you're supposed to be all over that. You know, you're supposed to pay attention to that. But it takes time for you to understand who actually is going to move what stocks, okay? It just takes time to develop that knowledge, okay? Seven, IPO news. Students are frequently heard about IPO news. I'm going to touch on this for just a little bit because you uh, or the public, and again, you guys, because you're getting educated, remove yourself from what is known as the public, but the public is always hurt by IPOs, okay? Because you don't understand the process. IPO means initial public offering, okay? And the example here is eBay IPO'd at $18.75. That doesn't mean you could buy it at $18.75. IPO, initial public offering. Your broker had to call you on the telephone and ask you, would you like to buy some IBM at $18.75? Okay? Not trying to sell it to you, but just ask, offering it to you. We have some IBM, I mean, we have some eBay at 1875, would you like to buy any at 1875? Okay. Without that telephone call from them to you, you cannot buy eBay at 1875. That was not the first publicly traded price. That was the IPO price. People, students of mine, saw that eBay was going to IPO at 1875. And that morning, the first day it's trading, they are online trying to buy it at $18.75. The first trade was $72. They're trying to buy it at $18.75. Frustrated at $18.75, they put an order in to buy it at the market. 
And then they got it. But it wasn't what they were expecting to have. 1875 was the offer price. That wasn't the publicly traded price. Almost 100% of the time, the first trades, the first public trades are more than the IPO price. You don't get to buy it at the IPO price unless your broker called you and asked you, do you want some at that price? You can't decide. Now, when I first started this process, I, there was lots of IPOs going on, and I thought, you know, I want to buy some of those. So I called up the broker I was using at the time and said, hey, I, want, I would like to be offered some of those IPOs. I'd like to participate. They said, yes, sir, we, we'd like you to participate too. They said, uh, let me check your account. I said, okay, go ahead. Here's my account number. They said, well, we're not going to offer you the IPOs. I said, what do you mean? They said, you don't have enough money. I said, I don't work. I've got plenty of money. They said, no, you don't. I said, well, how much will they need? They said, we don't start offering it to anybody until their account balance is over $6 million. I said, I'll call you back another time. <laughs> I just, I didn't work, but I wasn't anywhere close. You know, I wasn't anywhere close. Going to have to wait to another time. Now, as it turns out, I was able to get some eBay at 1875, okay? Just understand, you have to be offered. They have to call you, okay? Don't try to buy it there. Don't try to buy it there. You'll get hurt. You'll get hurt. Easier ways to play IPOs is let the first movements take place up and down, up and down. Once it's publicly traded, you can go online and find out when the lockup or silent period is over with for the firm that actually is taking it public, okay? For the, the brokerage firm or, or, or banking firm that's taking it public. They can't say anything about it. There's a quiet period, okay? But just in front of the quiet period, typically the stock has sagged to that point. And you could go in at that point and buy the stock on the general market, okay? Whatever's trading at that time. Because think about it. When the quiet period ends, do you suppose the, the firm that took it public is going to come out and go, oh, this was a piece of crap stock. We should have never taken it public. That's not going to happen. When the quiet period ends, they're going to tell you, wow, this is a great stock. You should own that. Well, if you bought it just in front of that, then that's some easy trading profits to pick up. You know, I mean, you're not going to make a fortune there, but... I know the, the, the firm that took eBay public just in front of their quiet period, eBay had fallen back down to like $52, somewhere in the neighborhood, something like that. And when their quiet period was ended, they said they thought eBay should be a $160 stock. It gained $75 in two days. Now, all of them aren't going to do that. All of them aren't going to do that. But when you understand in front of that quiet period, you can come in and buy the stock, and then the quiet period ends, they're going to say something positive about the stock, and you're going to get a lift to the stock. It's not going to be $75 all the time, but you, you can certainly pick up a lift and, and a trade. It's not, it's not a vault stock. It's just a trade, okay? And typically, they're not optionable, so it's, it's going to have to be a stock purchase. So you have to do, do the math on that and make that purchase with enough money and with enough stock to make a movement viable to, to cashing out that profit. But 
IPOs can move the market. Eight, stock buybacks. How I use stock buybacks. Stock buybacks are announced literally every day. And basically, the example I use is just a hypothetical example. But let's say IBM was trading at $90. And IBM comes in and says, at nine, we're going to do a stock buyback at $90. We're going to be buying back you know, $500 million worth of our stock. They're not going into the marketplace today and buying $500 million worth of their stock. But they will probably buy some today at $90. And then that stock is likely to lift, okay? They're not buying anymore at 91 or 92 or 95 or 101. They're not buying anymore, okay? But if it comes back down to $90 again, they're going to come back in and buy some more. So what I do when I hear a company is doing a stock buyback, I go find out what price that stock was trading at. And basically what they're saying is they would be buyers of their stock at this price. So there's somewhat of a support level, somewhat of a floor mentally for me on that stock. When that comes back down, I know that the company itself is likely to be a buyer of that stock at that place. They're not buying it all there but they would be willing to buy more at that price. So I know there's likely to be a support level at that place. It's how I use that. Page 45. Before the trade questions. Number one, are you using stocks that move? You gotta know. Are you using stocks that move? And literally, folks, I've had students they told me stocks that they were using that moved. I'd never heard of them before. Now, that's okay. It ain't a problem. But I went home and typed in the stock symbol into my Q charts. And I thought my Q charts broke. It actually did have candles between those Bollinger Bands. The problem was the bottom of the candle touched the bottom Bollinger Band, and the top of the candle touched the top Bollinger Band. That's not movement. I mean, my gosh, you got to have price movement. Number two, what direction are the futures indicating the stocks will go? We check the daily futures and the 55-minute futures before we trade. We'll talk about that in a minute. Number three, why this stock? What story or upcoming event will move this stock? Understand, last week we talked about charts. We talked about fat pitch and home run fat pitch. It's a vertical line. If you can draw a vertical line through the stock RSI, MACD, and Christmas cross, that's a fat pitch. If you can draw it through the stock RSI, MACD, Christmas cross, and directional indicator, that's a home run fat pitch. That's simply a technical decision. You draw a line through there, it's there. If it's not, it's not, okay? But there are going to be a lot more trades that are stories than there are fat pitches and home run fat pitches, okay? Now, example of that, I've got a student that uh, is a retired professional hockey player, and he took the class, it's been a little over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, came into the class in Raleigh in late September, 
And he said, now, he handed me his charts. He said, is this a fat pitch or home run fat pitch? And I just looked at it, and I mean, some of the things were crossing, and others weren't there yet. I said, no, it's, it's, it's neither. He said, okay, now let me tell you the story. He said, September is usually the worst month of the year. And we're coming out of September, going into October, which usually the first of October is typically a terrific time of the year to make money in the market. It's okay. He said, we're beginning the best quarter of the year, October, November, and December. I said, okay. So we're beginning the fall winter trading zone. I said, okay. He said, earnings is coming up in mid-October. I said, okay. He said, for the last seven consecutive years in a row, this stock has gone up $7 the first seven business days of October. That includes the bear market and the bull market. He said, is this a trade? And the answer is, yes! And then the problem was, he had the upper left-hand corner of his charts covered up, so I couldn't tell what the name of the stock was. <laughs> now, I have a new policy. Because of that, I won't answer any questions unless the upper left-hand corner of the chart is readable to me. <laughs> okay? He came back in for his October class. I said, how you, how'd you do? He said, Went up $7 for seven business days. I had bought 10 contracts. I made $7,000. It was not a fat pitch. It was not a home run fat pitch. But as sure as you're sitting here, it was a trade. But you have to be able to tell the story. If it is not a fat pitch or a home run fat pitch, you've got to tell the story. Now, I've had Rocky Mountain students come up and go, it's October the 1st. So it's a trade. <laughs> no. That ain't, even, that ain't even the cover to a story. You got to have a story. It involves more than a line, okay? It involves more characters from different directions to make it a trade. You can certainly have trades without a story if it's a fat pitch or home run fat pitch. Okay, but when it's not a fat pitch, a home run fat pitch, it's never a trade without a good story around it. Okay, so question, what story? What's the story? What's going to move it? Four, what is the trend of this stock and has the chart indicated a reversal? Well, see, there's only two right entry places. There's only two. There's the right entry place to go up and there's the right entry place to make money going down. Period. Students, how far up the trend do we get in? Nowhere up the trend. You get in going up. You get in coming down. Bottom line. Now, view it this way. How many of you have ever gone to or stayed in a hotel that had several stories to it, and as you got to the, to, to the elevator, the doors were closing and you missed the elevator? How many of you have ever experienced that before? Okay. How many of you threw yourself on the ground and cried about it because you missed the elevator? You cried about it. I understand. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Why didn't you cry about it? You were just going to what? What? Wait for the next elevator. Okay. That's what you're supposed to do is just wait for the next elevator. But you see what students do. They miss that entry point. Oh! They run all the way to the first floor to catch the elevator. 
and they missed it there too. So they run to the second floor, and they missed it there too. And the third floor, and the fourth floor, and the fifth floor, all the way up to the eleventh floor. Now they were supposed, their, their hotel room was on the fifth floor. <laughs> but now they're on the eleventh floor. And now they're out of gas. <gasps> you know? And then they, ah, and they jump on the elevator to go up, and then they complain because it's going down. And they take the elevator all the way down to the lobby, and then they realize, I was supposed to get up on the fifth floor. Just wait for the next elevator. There is a ride to go up. There is a ride to go down. And if you miss the ride to go up, you just wait for the next one, okay? When I see a stock that is going up and I miss the entry point, I am a little cheerleader. Go, stock, go, woo, go, go, go. I want it to rocket up. I'm not in it, but I want it to rocket up. Why? Because if it goes up straight, it's going to come down hard. And I'm looking for the downplay at that point in time. I'm not worried about missing the up. I just play the down. There's an entry point to go up. There's an entry point to go down. And I'm not going to chase it up, and I'm not going to try to force it down. There's just one entry point in each place. Okay? Five. Are the trend and decision charts going in the same directions? Do they have to be? No. If the trend and decision charts are going in the same direction, then you are what we call an invasion force trader. If the trend and decision are going in the same direction, then you are an invasion force trader. Overwhelming majority on your side. If the trend and decision charts are going in opposite directions, you can still trade, but you are a sniper trader. In a sniper trader, you're looking for a small profit, quick, and out of the trade. You must commit to at least practicing both trades. It is perfectly acceptable if you say, I only want to do real money trades on invasion force, and I want to practice the sniper trade. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that at all. But you've got to commit to doing at least both of them on practice. Because if you don't, you're going, to, you're going to end up like a lot of the early students that made a fortune and now are bankrupt. Because when the market turned, they didn't want to do the hard trades. The sniper trades are always hard. The sniper trades always only produce a little bit of money, and they are the least likely to work all the time. Okay? They're hard. They're supposed to be. Okay? You're going against the trend. You're going against the major force. You have to at least practice that trade so that you can see the market turn. What happened previously, when the market was heading up, people were making money hand over fist going up. And making money when it backed up was hard because it didn't back up very far. They didn't want to do the hard trades. They didn't want to even practice the hard trades. Why bother? It's so much fun to make money going up. And they were making money hand over fist going up. But you see, there come a point in time when up didn't happen anymore. What was easy was now hard. But they were still trying to make it go up. 
it used to go up 20 points and back up one, go up another 20 points. All of a sudden, it was only going up one. And then it was falling 20 points. It was going up one and falling 20 points. And when it fell 20 points, they said, oh, this is a great buying opportunity. And they bought in again. It went up one. Here we go. And then it fell 20 points. And they borrowed against their house. They, borrowed, they, they traded on margin, trying to recover their losses. Going up. But you see, the invasion force was now going down, and the sniper trade was going up. You've got to commit to at least practicing the hard trade so that you see the market turn. There will come a point in time at the, at the height of, of a move, up or down, doesn't make any difference. At the height of the move up or down, everything will feel like a, a sniper trade for a little bit. Up is a little bit, down is a little bit. Up is hard, down is hard. But then all of a sudden, down will get easy, and up is still hard. And you know that up is a sniper and down is invasion force. And it'll go that way for a while, and then all of a sudden, the down will get hard. And the up is hard. And the down is hard, and the up is hard. The down is hard, and the up is hard. And then all of a sudden, the up is easy, and the down is still hard. And now the invasion force is going the other way. And you, you're right there all over it. You're right there all over it. But you've got to commit to doing the hard trades, at least in practice, so that you see that. And if you do, you're, there's going to be a period of time, a few weeks, at the bottom or at the top of a major move where, where you're going, crap, this is hard everywhere. But after that few weeks, one side or the other is absolutely easy again. And you're going to be on the, you're going to be on the right side of that with real money. You've got to commit to doing both sides. You've got to commit to doing both sides, at least in practice. Six, what are the upcoming known events that might affect my position? FOMC, that's the Fed meeting. Uncle Greenspan, okay, right now. Okay. Economic reports, like the CPI, PPI, unemployment reports. There is a book on your book list uh, called The Market Maker's Edge. They give you a list of, of, of economic reports, when they come out, what makes them good or bad. Um, and, and so you can learn there. This company's earnings, the most important thing for you to ever know about a company you trade or invest in is when are the earnings coming out, okay? Um, you also need to know other companies, whether this company's going to split, but also whether other, other companies in that sector that are the big dog stocks, you got to know when they are reporting earnings or doing the stock splits. You've got to know what the big dog stock is doing. Now, the... the the thing I've always tried to get across in class is you never want to be in a big dog stock. Well, actually, you never want to be in a little dog stock when a big dog cocks his leg. It's never going to be pleasant. You know, you think you're getting a warm shower and you're just getting peed on. Now, we have outside pets for the most part. We have a, we have a goldfish that's been alive Thirteen years, thirteen years. My son just turned fifteen. He got it when he was two. Thirteen years, um, and, and got it at the state fair when he was two. I, we really believe that God has already given the goldfish eternal life. <laughs> yeah, 
just to prove, hey, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, we've had all kinds of, I mean, incidents, you know, I'm, I'm working at Firestone, I'm getting up at, you know, I get to work four o'clock in the morning and I get up and the goldfish is laying outside on the counter. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been, it's kind of dry, you know. I pick him up, throw him in the bowl, he's oh, thank you, swim around the bowl again. Still living, yeah. Gone to Myrtle Beach for three weeks, never fed the goldfish. Came back in, had a sign, we'll work for food. <laughs> no doubt. Gone one time, come back. I don't know how long we had not done anything to the bowl, but we come back and he was doing the moonwalk across the rocks in the bottom. You know, come please put some water in here. He's still alive. But I guess it's, it's wrong to call him a goldfish because he's so old he turned white. He's white as these sheets right here, you know. But we don't really have any other inside pets. We have a lot of outside pets. And a couple years ago, uh, my wife and son found a puppy that had been thrown out on, on the side of the road, probably about six weeks old. And I thought, oh, we can't, you know, we, we have to rescue the puppy. Okay, okay, get the puppy. You know, and they took the puppy to the vet, made sure it wasn't dying or anything. And the vet said, it's fine. So it's a little bitty puppy. Well, we have a full-grown pit bull. I mean, he, he's full-grown. He, I don't know, about 140 pounds. You know, he's serious. And while everybody was gone one day, I thought, you know, the puppy should meet the pit bull. And I waited till everybody was gone in case the puppy was lunch for the pit bull. So I, I, everybody's gone. I took the puppy out there. The puppy's name is Rudy, and the, and the pit bull's name is Buddy. I said, Buddy, this is Rudy. Rudy, this is Buddy. And Buddy walked over to the, to the puppy and sniffed at him a minute and reached over and just cocked his leg, peed right on his head. I went, that's what I've been trying to tell them students all along. You never want to be a little dog when the big dog cocks his leg. Peed right on his head. Now, Rudy don't get close to him no more. He, he's always peeing distance away. Always. Okay. But you've got to know the stocks you're trading, which stocks are the big dog in that sector. As an example, let's say you were trading um, Abercrombie & Finch, retail stock. Who's the big dog? Walmart. Walmart could come out and say, hey, things look crappy. I don't care how rosy it looks for Abercrombie & Finch, that stock's going down. Do you understand? You got to learn who is the big dog in that sector. And you got to pay attention. If they say something, it affects what you do. You got to know that. You've got to know that. Okay? Takes time to develop that, but it's, you've got to know. You got to know. Seven, exactly what date and time are these known events supposed to take place? Most economic reports come out at either 8 30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay? And the Fed releases their information at a quarter after two. Okay? But you got to know. You got to know. Eight, what is my exit point? Your exit point, you've got to know that before you get in a trade. Not after I get in a trade, we're going to figure out. You got to know before you get in a trade, what is your exit point? Okay? And mine is right now! If it ain't working, I'm gone right now. This isn't a lottery ticket. It's certainly not Publishers Clearinghouse. Somebody's going to win if they hold on. 
if it's, it's an employee. If they are not doing their job, they're fired. There's too many others out there to go to work. You cannot be sitting there holding a trading stock that isn't working. You just see it get worse and worse and worse, you know? And I do not understand that. I do not understand that. Um, I talked a little bit about the, the CDs that, uh, or, or the addendum to the CD sets that, that we recorded in November, and uh, we just sent them off to the duplicators, and they'll, they'll be back shortly, and we'll talk about those another time. But um, all of the students that participated there, we had about 80 students, 65 of them participating uh, actually on the recording. And we had, we had people there that were brand new, but we also had people in the room that were making a million dollars a year doing this. And to a person, every single one said they watched positions go to zero. Watched it. Now, what, the, 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 the thought of that to me infuriates me. I mean, think about it. I mean, if, if I told every, every, every man in this room to take all, how many of you have some money in your pocket in any way, shape, or form, change to dollar bills? How many of you have some money in your pocket? Okay, if I told every single one of you to put all your money on this chair right here and then go back to your seats and then I was going to start from over here and if I got over there, I get to keep all the money. Now, how many of you would intervene before I got there? Be truthful. You bet. I got women coming over the table. Ah! It's not going to happen. But if it's in the stock, it's okay to watch the market maker take your money all the way to nothing. Wow, look at that. Some of you even go, look, let me put some oil there and see if you can do it again. It's the dumbest thing in the world to watch it happen. But 65 participants that have been working at this, well, we watched it go to zero. That's the dumbest thing in the world. It's real money they're taking. Some of you, because it's on the computer screen, it's just little numbers on the page. Oh, it's just numbers on the page. It's real money. And we just watched it go away. If it ain't working, now is my exit point. Right now, not eventually. Nine, if I'm wrong, exactly what point do I take the loss? See, your exit point can be profits, should be profits. You got to know where are you leading to the upside. But you got to know absolutely where you're leading to the downside. You got to know up front. You got to know up front. If it's not working right now is the exit point. If it is working, you have to know up front where that exit point is. Exit point to the upside, exit point to the downside. You got to know up front. See, too many people, when it's working, you guys go, oh, go a little bit more, oh, a little bit more, oh, go a little bit more, oh, man. Up ain't going to happen forever. They ain't going to keep adding money to your account. At some point in time, they're going to start taking it away. You've got to know up front where the exit strategy is to the upside and absolutely where the exit strategy is to the downside before you get in the trade. little piece of advice, I think you ought to write it down somewhere. It's harder to, I mean, believe it or not, it's harder to erase when you write it down. 
You know, because if you just have it in your head, it starts going up, you're, you're going to get out up a buck or whatever you're going to get out at. Okay, okay, I'm going to get up a buck. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, man, it's a dollar already. You just, like, ek a sketch. <laughs> it's a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> I've seen some of you. Some of you, you have just a blank chalkboard up there anyway. Okay. Next page, page 46, the futures charts. With Q charts, we get to see the futures charts. Using the futures charts gives us a decided advantage over all other traders that cannot see these charts. Think about this. How many of you have started watching CNBC in the mornings before you go to work a little bit more than you did prior to taking class number one? All right, outstanding. Now, you're watching CNBC, and they got the futures bugs over there in the bottom right-hand corner, the Dow futures, NASDAQ futures, S&P futures. Okay? And they're either a green number or a black number, or a, or a red number. Yes? Yes? Either you're positive or they're negative. Oh, that's just fine. Okay? Think about it. If you get to watch it before the market opens for a while, it's a green number. They're all green. Oh, this is good. And they've been getting a better green number all morning. Oh, this is way good. And they're talking heads on CNBC. Whoo! Going to be a great day. Market's going to rock. Maybe, but more likely no. What's going to happen, typically, think about this. They are looking at a static number. Even the folks on the floor of the stock exchange are looking at a static number. But this, the futures have been rising all morning. And the futures chart is now on the top Bollinger Band. Where is it likely to go first? Before it goes anywhere else? Down. But you see, the uneducated public just sees them futures getting better all morning. They've been rising all morning long, and them talking heads, oh my gosh, they told me it was going to be a great day in the stock market. So before they went to work, they went online and put in an order to buy it at the market. They called up the broker, left a message, you get me in as soon as that market opens up, I'm ready to rock. And what the market makers do in that point the market makers line up all of them stupid people. <laughs> and they rape them in sequential order, one after the other, until they get them all done with. Okay? The first orders come in, and the stock goes up, 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 and they're filling, the, they're filling each one worse than the first. Better, bigger, 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 bigger. And then as soon as they get them all done, boom, there goes the market, falling right back down. Ah! And you watch them on CNBC, there's been an amazing reversal to the market this morning. We don't know why. But you watch them another hour later, they never even mentioned the fact that, you know, we told you all it was going to go up early this morning, but we were wrong. They just, oh, it's, it's, it was supposed to be ugly today. It was going to be ugly all day. Yeah. Foolish people bought first thing this morning. Yeah, yeah. But it's been ugly all day. They don't even remember telling you you should have bought first thing this morning. If you could see the futures chart, you knew you shouldn't have. It's a decided advantage seeing those charts 
to not seeing the charts, okay? It's a decided advantage to see those, and QCharts allows us to see those, okay? Now, the bullet points on the page. Number one, futures are quoted in, in three-month contracts, okay? So right now, when you're seeing the futures charts, you're seeing the March futures contracts. That's what's being quoted. Those, those numbers are for the March contracts, okay? Now, number two, the future symbols to use are made up of the root symbol, two numbers that indicate the year, and then a single letter that represents the month. An example, ES would be the S&P 500, 05 would be 2005, and then M would be June's contracts. So it would be ES05M. That would be the symbol, and that would be June's contracts, okay? Now, this is the month letter codes to use, H for March, M for June, U for September, Z for December. Now, that said, you're going to have to change the future symbol you use four times a year. Come March, about the second Friday of March, you go in and you change to what symbol, what month? June, because you're going toward the month. Everybody follow me? Okay. Now, every single year, without exception, the entire time I've been doing these classes, since we've been using future charts, without exception, and it's always somebody from Rocky Mount. I get an email somewhere around February that says, my futures charts aren't working anymore. Has Q charts increased the prices? Do we have to sign up for something else? Because they were working through December. Now, I have changed from the December contract. I'm on the March contract. But my futures haven't worked all year. What do you suppose the problem is? Once a year in December, when you change to the March contracts, you have to change the year number. Usually, I just, rather than be too mean to those people, I just delete the email. Just delete. Then they usually figure it out sometime in the next few weeks. Oh, 04. Need to have 05. Then they email me back and go, I really appreciate you not telling me I'm stupid for not changing the year. And go, well, I didn't tell you, but now I know that you are anyway. You've reached the stupid student list. And it can be permanent. It's in Rocky Mount, it's likely to be permanent. I think it's something in the water here. Yeah. I get some of the dumbest questions in the world. Yeah. I love it when new students come up after they started this process a little bit and go, did you know this works? No. I had no idea. I thought about it on the way up here and thought, this sounds good. I'll tell them that. Please. I love it. Did you know you can make money doing this? No. 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 You really can't. 
You know, it's a figment of your imagination. It's been a figment of mine for years, so it must be a figment of yours now, too. Please. Make sure. Right, it says the symbols to use are DJ for the Dow. DJ, I mean, again, it's got the whole letter codes there, but DJ is the Dow, ES is the S&P 500, and NQ is the NASDAQ. Now, with the package from QCharts that I recommend that you get, your Dow futures will be delayed 10 or 15 minutes. Don't worry about it. It's not important. As long as you're getting the S&P futures and the NASDAQ futures live, it's a much better, broader view of the market than what the Dow is. The Dow is simply 30 stocks. It's not important to see the Dow futures as long as you can see the NASDAQ futures and the S&P futures. You're getting all of the picture that you need. Okay. Five, it says make sure all sessions choice is selected when viewing futures charts. The point is the futures charts, futures trade 22 and a half hours a day from Sunday night until Friday night, okay? And therefore we get a all sessions chart that shows us the trading around the clock. That gives us a, a, a better picture than not having the all sessions checked. We get a, a better, truer picture having all sessions checked. Six, always check the 55-minute chart just before the market opens, but make sure you know what the daily futures chart is indicating. The daily futures chart is the trend for the futures. It is the controlling chart, okay? The 55-minute futures chart is really only used to determine what we're going to do intraday today. It's really showing you a picture of the last 24 to 48 hours, whereas the daily is showing you a much, much broader picture. Seven, during the day, use the same futures charts time frame as the stock chart you are using to make decisions on to get an early signal as a reason to leave. The point of that last line, there are going to be times when there is a resistance line uh, it may be that your futures charts are at the top of the Bollinger Bands. Uh, it could be any number of things that your actual stock charts aren't showing you that. So if you were in a profitable trade, we'll just say going up, and then you saw that the futures were at the top of the Bollinger Bands, time to go. Time to leave the trade. Do you understand? If you're doing an intraday trade especially, Okay, which is going to be a short chart trade. If you're using a 55-minute or 34-minute chart or anything short chart trade, and you saw that that 55-minute futures was at the top of the Bollinger Band and everything was ready to turn over as far as those charts go, that may not show up on your actual stock chart, but it's your reason to leave. And it can give you an early out that will get you out of some trades literally at the high price of the day. And th there's been numerous occasions that's happened to students that paying attention to that future chart, oh, man, I'm out of here right now. And they actually got the high trade of the day because they were paying attention to that futures. Okay, next page. Options. This is some basic information about options. Okay. Now, this information, first of all, Options shouldn't scare you. A lot of people are afraid of options because they've heard all kinds of bad stories about options, okay? Oh, they're so dangerous and all kinds of crap like that. Well, uh, let's see. 
Where'd that young man? How old are you? Oh, you're too old. Anybody in here younger than 16? Anybody want to be? No. I mean, think about this. Um, did did y'all see, uh, I saw on the news the other day that there was a four-year-old drove his, car, his mama's car to return a movie or something like that? Four-year-old. Now, was that dangerous? Why? He got there. He said he couldn't reach the pedals. He got there. He hit two parked cars and then backed into a patrol car. Okay? But he did get there. But, I mean, why is it dangerous? Well, A, I mean, he's been watching, think about it. He's been watching somebody drive for four years. You ought to have it down pat, don't you think? The reality is he's had no education. He has no, had no experience. Okay? But we all know that once he has been through driver's education, once he has had a permit, once he's been driving for a while, then there, there comes a point in time when you would expect him to be driving. Yes? Okay? Now, it's no longer as dangerous for him at that point. Do you understand? It's terribly dangerous at, at four years old for him and for everybody else. Okay? It is still he can still be hurt or injured at 16 or 18 or 20, but he has less chance of being injured. Everybody understand? Okay. Now, answer this question. How many of you have ever gotten in your car going somewhere and you were talking on the cell phone or you were putting the CD in the car or you were doing something and you're supposed to come out of your driveway and turn right and you turned left instead? How many of you have done that before? Yeah, okay. How many of you have driven to a place and got where you were going and don't remember the drive? Now, and see, notice, I, I, be, I was real nice. I didn't ask you if you were drinking first. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, a lot of us have anyway. You know, I used to live there. But um, understand, you don't know. You, you truly don't know. Don't remember the drive to the point. You, you don't remember if you stopped at stop signs, stop lights? You know? No, no aspect about that drive. What is my point? It's an unconscious act for you at this point. At one point in time, you could not do it, and you're just like the four-year-old driving, terribly dangerous for you to do it. And now, you get in your car and just go where you want to go without thinking about it. You just do it. Options are the same way, okay? Not knowing how and going to do it is like the four-year-old driving the car. After education, it's still going to be dangerous, but not as dangerous. And the more you do it, eventually it becomes an unconscious act, okay? Same way. Don't freak out about options. Now, another aspect about this course, I talk about options all the time. You don't have to trade options. You can trade stock, okay? Not options. Same place I buy options, you could buy stock. It just takes you a lot more money to be involved than it takes me to be involved. That's all, okay? Now, basic information. Number one, options are listed by month. See, with the months that options are actually listed are January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December. Okay, they don't have any others. <laughs> now, I, I say that because, I mean, literally, last summer, July, Rocky Mount, 
I said the 12 months for options, I said if you numbered 1 through 12, and, I, and then I said January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and there was a Rocky Mountain student that had 15 numbers. And then they came up and said, why'd you stop at 12? I'm not kidding. It's always interesting teaching this in Rocky Men. Two, options are listed by strike price. The strike prices are in your class number one manual. They start at five, they go up in two and a half dollar increments until we get to 25. They start going up by five dollars after that point. After 200, they start going up by tens. Number three, one option contract equals 100 shares of stock. Number four, the price of the options fluctuate during the trading day like a stock, just not as fast as a stock. What I mean by that, I use Dell as an example. Dell frequently has, during the trading day, it may trade 49 million shares of stock in a normal trading day. It's not a big deal. 25 to 49 million shares traded hands. And so the number, the price, is just flicking, just like that. It's not going very far, but it's just changing, just, just as I mean, I faster than I can snap my fingers. A stock that has an option contract, it, a busy day on, on one, it might have 7,000 contracts traded in a whole day. So that price is just going to be sitting there for a little bit, and then it might move. And it might sit there for a while, and then it might move. It's just not going to flick and change like a stock does, okay? It can jump where a stock price typically doesn't, okay? But the number is going to change faster on the stock just because there are more shares being traded, okay? Five, options expire on the third Friday of the month in which they're listed. So the third Friday of February, February options expire. Third Friday of March, March options expire. Third Friday of May, May options expire. And usually I get new students, what do you mean expire? Poof. Gone. You know, it's, it's the magician, you know, you know, put my little assistant in the box, you know, shut the door, abracadabra, boom, I'm gone, you know. Well, the difference is the magician goes abracadabra, boom, she's back. Okay, options, poof, gone, permanent. Ain't no abracadabra bringing it back. Yeah. And when you have money in an option and it expires, the money is gone like it never existed, poof. You know? I've had students go, ah, where'd my money go? I don't know, it never happened. You, you never really had any. Oh, yeah, I own the contract. Yeah, the contract don't exist anymore. It's just poof, gone. You know, poof. You got to understand, when you hold it to the third Friday, poof happens. You know, it's gone. It's gone. It's magic, but it's a black magic because it ain't coming back. It's permanent, gone. You need to understand that. Number 48. 